Welcome to the Barbara Schulte Show with host Barbara Schulte and producer Ben Self. The Barbara Schulte Show brings conversations, stories, and tips intended to power up a writer's potential for more success, fun, and the confidence to ride and live with grace, courage, and the grit to never give up. Hey, it's Barb. And in this episode, you'll meet Jay McLaughlin, a million-dollar winner and professional trainer in the National Rain Cow Horse Association. In 2020, he was reserve champion in the world's greatest horseman event. I caught up with Jay at the Southwest Rain Cow Horse Pre-Futurity Show in Fort Worth this past summer. What I love about Jay is that he not only excels in the open, but he also enjoys teaching non-pros and youth and they excel too. I know you'll love hearing his story and what he emphasizes in training his horses and coaching his people. He has a simple, as he says, K-I-S-S, keep it simple, stupid, but clear philosophy about the way he runs his program. Jay also loves the cutting part of Rain Cow Horse, so being a cutter myself, that comment was a big hit with me. I hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I did. I truly admire Jay. Hey, Jay. Hey. Thank you so much. We just kind of nabbed you, or Ben did, just kind of nabbed you right off the street. Well, I had three hours of sleep last night. <laughs> didn't have anything else to do. You just kind of slept in then, didn't you? Sure. Yeah. Horse trainers don't need any sleep. I don't think we get much. Yes. Well, um, we started chatting, you know, right before we began about, you know, I just said, I don't think I've, we've spent much time together before this. And then you started talking to me about Missouri and dad. And so tell me, tell me again, are you from Missouri? Yes. Originally? Northeast Missouri, Paris, Missouri. Northeast. Okay. North so, of Columbia about 45 minutes. Uh-huh. It's right in the middle of the state. And so you knew my family, you know, because I'm from Illinois, I, you know. I knew Cletus Jr., uh-huh. but I don't, I don't think I... He's a great guy. Yeah. I don't think I remember your dad. I was a little young, really uh-huh. young. My dad traded with your dad. Uh-huh. And yeah. he was pretty young. Yeah. Uh-huh. So what year would that have been in? Oh, gosh. I was born in 1974, so I was young, uh-huh. really young. My dad, he still tells those stories, though, about walking on the catwalks uh-huh. and picking out gildings. I, there's a pen of gildings, there's a pen of mares, there's a pen of stud colts. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then you go in the office and you get your papers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's out of a stack. Uh-huh. And then if you took it home and... Uh, you didn't like it, you could bring it back and go through a oh, new yeah. pan of gelding. Exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> so tell me how do you got into uh riding and showing? So you're you're from northeast Missouri. Yeah, my dad trained horses. My grandmother actually was the horsiest one of the group probably, but she never really rode. But she could tell you everything from the front to the back. Mm-hmm. And then my dad trained a lot of horses, uh I mean, he rode just horses when he was little, whatever they could afford kind of situation. And then when he went to the Army during Vietnam, he there was a, a man in Fort Leonard Wood just right around the corner from the base, and he started riding a bunch of his horses and <clears throat> doing well on them and kind of went from there. I see. So you grew up riding and showing? Oh, yeah. So what did you show? I've shown... Everything but breeches and a hat, helmet. I didn't, I, they couldn't talk <laughs> me into that. You didn't do the English. They couldn't talk me into it. Uh-huh. Did you show AQHA? Did you show cutting? Yep. What did you I grew show? grew up, uh, well, we had a little club, uh, MSSCA, Missouri mm-hmm. State Saddle Club Association. And, you know, I did the walk trot once and decided the canter class was better. Uh-huh. And uh, I think I was two, two and a half when we started doing all that stuff on my ponies and Went on up, uh-huh. went to the AQHA, went to the Youth World. Did you go to the Congress? 
And oh, I, yeah. Oh, because yeah. that's really my stomping grounds, oh, yeah. like the Illinois State Fair, the Indiana State <laughs> Fair, the Congress, all oh, that. My dad had a stallion named Impressive Jerry. He was by He's Impressive. Uh-huh. Out of a really great mare, uh, Tommy Mannion actually had her named Arnold's Girl, mm-hmm. um, and she, he was a kind of a kingbred bottom side. I don't, I'm not quite sure. I've, I don't think I've ever seen his papers. I just know from what I've heard and how he took him to the Congress and showed him in the rain, and he was a really nice stud. Mm-hmm. Mysteriously died. Um, it was actually on April Fool's Day, and my dad did think it was a very funny joke when I found him. Uh-oh, but that's not a good deal. It was uh, way before HYPP came out, and uh-huh. it ended up probably being what happened to him. I don't I see. know. <laughs> I see. Huh. Yeah, well, um, at the time, Tommy lived in uh, Illinois, mm-hmm. right? Is that the same oh, yeah. time mm-hmm. that you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, my dad had a story also told about Tommy that he had a really good mare named Rumba Seagal, I think was her name. And... He went to this big corridor show in, in Illinois. I think it was might have been even the Boys Town show back then for the mm-hmm. Boys Town Club. And they've been around for years. And he showed her and everything all day. And at the end of the day, he's winning the all-around. My dad was. And he was pretty proud. And he was loading up the trailer. And he heard Tommy was running in the barrels. And he ended up beating him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That must have been a long time ago. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Uh-huh. Huh, interesting. Well, so did you show around Missouri? You know, like they had all those covered arenas. Yeah. Like I, that's, oh, yeah. we showed there a all, lot. All over Missouri and, uh, oh, we went up into Iowa and Illinois and, uh-huh. of course, there's Gordyville and, uh-huh. you know, all that stuff for years and years. And when I got married, oh, we, I moved back to the, uh, my dad's place to help him. He'd broke his ankle and helped him during breeding season and rode some horses out of there for, I tried to stay places cause you don't want to move around a bunch and mm-hmm. lose business. So I stayed up there for a couple years and I went down to South Missouri for 10 years. We were there at the Sunset Creek Ranch, Julie Gibbons place and had a lot of success there and pretty much spent six months of the year driving to Texas because you're only as good as your competition kind mm-hmm. of situation. So yes. uh-huh. that's kind of what we did. So when did you move to Texas? I moved to Texas in January 1st, 2009. And, w- and where do you live here in well, Texas? Right, right now I live, we, we just bought a place in Amarillo, Texas. Ooh, baby, you're in the, here's the good news. There's lots of cows. Yes. There's around every corner. Yep. The bad news is the wind blows. You know, I... <laughs> <laughs> I, I always heard that we, we we were pretty fortunate this last time. I had rode some mares for Tom and Karen Walters mm-hmm. at Clarendon, Texas, and all their brood mares. I, I think I threw a leg over most of them at one time or another and showed them for them. But they offered me that place, and I was like, oh, no, I'm pretty good where I'm at. And, well, it ends up, I'm thinking, well, maybe we'll just try it. We moved out there, and... I love it out there. I, you do? I what? It's so I wild. I bought a place. I mean, I just, I really like it. I know it blows, the wind blows a little bit, but you just go in the barn. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> you go into an enclosed barn. Yep, yep. Uh-huh. But it's, has all four seasons, and it's, it smells clean out there. I mean, everything's just, yeah, I like it out there a lot. That's My great. wife likes it, so I'm, I like it too. <laughs> what, what we like Exactly. <laughs> Our husband's like, right? <laughs> so does your wife ride? Only when I make her. Uh-huh. Yep. She showed when we first got married, and she was kind of beating all my non-pros, and it's kind of bad for business. So yeah. Yeah. we veered off that for a little bit. And, uh-huh. You know. Speaking of non-pros, the rumor is you're the man that is great with non-pros. Oh, I don't know about that. I just have a lot. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I try to put it in. Uh, it's like kind of like going to the, it's, this is how I think about teaching someone how to ride or or work a cow or go down the fence or do some range work is I, when I go to the doctor, I want to be told X, Y, Z, not X equals two minus three is Z. You know yes. what I mean? I don't. I don't understand that. 
I just want to understand you go forward, you go backwards, you go left, you go right, and you stay even. And that's, I just put it in very layman's terms, and if they don't want to have fun, they can go somewhere else. Yeah, huh? <laughs> well, apparently they have fun if you have a lot of non-pros. We don't have any drama, and that's really good, too. Well, so you must have an atmosphere in your barn, like a culture in your barn. Of, like, do you have a philosophy about that? Yeah, there's no drama in my barn. So <laughs> That's the only philosophy. So what happens if... I want everybody to cheer for everyone. Uh-huh. And if, if they win, I win uh-huh. kind of situation. Mm-hmm. And if that guy wins, they win. You know, it's, it's, it's just, it's a team, mm-hmm. basically. So when you were talking about, you know, making it simple for your non-pros, do you have like a time when they all come out and ride at they the same time? They can come anytime. They can come anytime. anytime. Yep. I don't care. How many people do you have? <laughs> I don't we have, um, I think, 22 horses here, and I'm showing three. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm not. I'm to the point where I will. I refuse to show one that's not going to, I don't think, could be first. Absolutely. I'm not going to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. I've done that where you ride 40 head a day. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Yes, this takes the fun out, right? <laughs> well, and it's just so much. You have so much overhead because of your help. Where I have one girl that works for me, my son saddles, lopes horses a little bit, rides his own. My wife helps in the barn, and that's that's it. And we have a, a Hispanic gentleman that feeds and cleans stalls. Wow, that's awesome. So tell me, like, take me through be- – when you're here at the show and do you ha- you have 22 non-pro horses so you probably have a lot 15 people oh more than that i think pe- everybody's got one horse um i've got one non-pro gal that's got two here a three-year-old and a derby horse uh-huh. Uh-huh. um so do they do they help with the stalls do they warm up their own horses if, if they so haul their own they clean their own uh-huh. they feed their own I mean, we'll feed them. It's not that big a deal to feed them. If they're on our feeding program, we feed them. Uh-huh. You uh-huh. know, if they have them at home and I help them, mm-hmm. then they feed their own. Mm-hmm. But, it's, but they have to feed on our schedule, too. Mm-hmm. I don't want their horse kicking the stall uh-huh. <laughs> or my horse kicking the stall. Uh-huh, yes. And so how do you practice, like, how, take, how do you get them ready to show? And We're prepared when we come here. Uh-huh. So it's their job. They warm up. We flag them around, go in the herd. Uh-huh. We do some rain work out here for the rain in. And do they ride their horses in oh, the yeah. warm-up for, yep. oh, yeah. for the rain? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, might, I might flag them around or something if they're having some trouble or something, but uh-huh. nothing super-duper. I don't put a lot of thought into it because, and, and I think part of the we, why we have such a good relationship, all of my non-pros uh, and I, is I like to win first. And I expect them to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if they put in the time, they're going to win. If mm-hmm. they don't, they, they don't win. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they usually don't stick around very long. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I really take my hat off to you because not all trainers are interested in coaching <laughs> amateurs and non-pros. Well, I was on, I've been on several boards, and I always preach that we need the youth, and we need the non-pro for us to have a job. Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's a little more work. I understand that. But you can't. what happens if you break your back and all your open horses leave? Mm-hmm. You know, you have no income, no, no anything. Mm-hmm. But if I break my back, I still have non-pros horses, and they can come ride their horses. I'll give them lessons, whatever, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. So you're non-pros from up around Amarillo? Uh, quite a few of them. I have a few in Pilot Point, some down in South Texas, um, one from Washington that's actually decided she's just moving here. She just told me that. Uh-huh. <laughs> she uh-huh. said, I got to be closer to my horse, so she's moving. And I said, well, there's trainers up there. I know several. And she said, nope, that's not what I'm going to do. So She probably likes competing down here. Right? I, I would. I mean, I think uh-huh. it's you're only as good as your competition. So. Yeah, exactly. Well, the rain cow horse world certainly has exploded in oh, yeah. a good way. Huge. 
Yeah, so why do you think that's going on? You know, I don't know because it's a lot more work than just cutting or reining. I mean, how many horses can you ride in the morning? I can't ride but six or seven. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> it's an hour and a half a horse if you do the rein work and the fence work. I don't care how you, if you hurry or go slow, you're yeah. still on them an hour and a half. Uh-huh. It just seems like, you know, you, you let them blow for a little while and you get on another one, but you're still, yes that horse is still being something uh-huh. for an hour and a half every day. So how do you teach them the, all three events? Like in, the, it's a lot of information for those horses to get in a short time. In, as the, a in the earliest maturity. It's uh-huh. really the earliest one because the cutting and the reining are later. Uh-huh. I mean, that's only three fraternities that I know about that I recommend uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> um well we are very much an oxymoron organization we tell them to back up a lot and then we tell them to go forward a lot and then we tell them to run really fast and stop and back up and go for the other way for real fast <laughs> and it's kind of an oxymoron every day um but horses are so they learn by repetition but they're so smart nowadays they just they're nothing like they were when I was a kid. I swear it's like they're born broke now. Mm-hmm. You know, we, I didn't ride super nice horses growing up, and they'd rub you off on the fence and mm-hmm. or buck you off and then come and stomp you. I mean, uh-huh. just stuff like that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> they'd see you out of the corner of their eye. And they were like serious. You know, they <laughs> got you on the ground. Uh-huh. Um, they're nothing like that. I tell my son that all the time. I'm like, you, you don't even understand what a bad horse is. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> that is true. The horses these days are awesome. Oh, they're just, I mean, how many two-year-olds do you know can ride for two weeks and figure out everything you've showed them in two weeks? Uh-huh. It's like they just come out that way. Oh, you want me to give you your chin? Okay, my chin. Okay, I can do that. Uh-huh. I don't think, I think I had... 10-year-olds that couldn't give their chin when I was going up. <laughs> yes. Do you think that it's tricky to, to like, separate the cutting from the fence work? No. Um, I, it's a KISS method. Keep it simple, stupid. Um, when I box a cow, I'm, they need to stop with both hawks, and they need to draw, and they need to go. So you're, you're basically, I mean... When you run across the pin on, in the cutting, you're, you're basically going down the fence just at a shorter distance. I mean, if you really want to know, I mean, you're stopping straight and you're turning. You're drawing and you're turning, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's basically what we do down the fence. I mean, it just looks like we're rolling around them, but they're stopping, engaging the yes. ground, mm-hmm. and have that suck back draw and get around that cow the other way. Mm-hmm. And that's just, it's not as hard as you might think. Mm-hmm. So is that your favorite event? Of the three events. I, I enjoy it. I really like, I, I mean, I was, I reigned for a long time and I'm, I, I thought I was pretty good at it and it's just kind of boring to me to lope circles. Mm-hmm. I just, it's hard. I have to make myself lope circles on horses every day mm-hmm. and stopping and turning is fun, uh-huh. but I really like to, to cut. That is the right and, answer. You know, that's, my, that's fun to me. <laughs> I mean, I just enjoy. Why is that? I like to try to make a horse read a cow uh-huh. and, for me and uh-huh. not do the fake. I don't like the fake crap. I don't like it at all. When their ears aren't on a cow, I hate it. I just. Oh, you mean like if it gets very mechanical yes, back I and hate forth. the mechanical uh-huh. part. I uh-huh. hate that part of it. I like to ride over there and be squeezing and that sucker hit the ground first before uh-huh. I take my legs off. I'm like, that just is the coolest feeling. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, the bruise on the belly button's not always cool, but. <laughs> <laughs> Being dashboard, yeah. boarded. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I mean, I think I yelled at a couple, keep your chin behind your belly button here about a week ago to a guy sitting in here. <laughs> So do you guys ride together? <laughs> no, he was just at a clinic last week for the QHA. <laughs> Keep your chin behind your belly button. I've never. Yeah. I uh, that's coach. a proper way to talk to ladies. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Well, thank you for including me in that. That's that's why I started that. Uh-huh. I mean, I was like, oh, how am I going to tell her to? 
Uh-huh. And a lot of things came to mind. I'm thinking chin behind belly button. That's a perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of times um, I'll coach people to to roll when they roll their hips is mm-hmm. to uh, put pretend like they're pressing their belt buckle to their their tailbone. Yes, yes, yes. Touch your belly button to the tailbone, uh-huh. you know, backbone, whatever uh-huh. you want to say. Yep. Uh-huh. Well, it's uh, you know, and I have a. I had a non-pro that she won, I think, four world titles with me. And her, her actually, her son is starting to ride with me a little bit here and there. And and her mom, they're like family to us. And I, she's very uh, analytical in how you talk to her. And it took me a while to to learn how to teach her. But she you know women have the the smaller their back and their rear is always sticking out behind them that's just how they stand mm-hmm. and their shoulders are out behind the smaller back you know and that's just how they stand well on a cow horse cutting horse reining horse all three events they i tell i finally figured out i said okay you've you've got a skeleton standing in front of you and you grab its pelvis and you just twist it Mm-hmm. There you go. And it dinged, and she was winning from then on because it straightened her back, mm-hmm. and then her shoulders could be back, mm-hmm. but everything's in the line, and, but she's behind the horse driving it forward. Mm-hmm. And I use that all the time now, mm-hmm. all the time. Because on, on, on a lot of women, there's some men that, that ride with their rear behind them, but uh-huh. not a lot. Uh-huh. Guys just kind of stand there, you know, if you notice that. <laughs> We just stand there. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. No, I hadn't really noticed it in that way, but now that you mention it. Well, it's, I mean, Ben was standing there just a minute ago, and I noticed he just, he he was in the spot to drive a horse down the arena. Uh Uh-huh. You know, he's sitting back and driving. Uh Uh-huh. And that's, when you get your chin in front of your belly button, you can't drive them, you're pulling them. And Uh then that's when they can get out from under you and, and, set up on you on the rundowns or mm-hmm. you know whatever across the pen and then mm-hmm. you're off balance and then they suck back with the cow and then you're hanging over there looking at your right foot mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that's never fun to do that <laughs> no. well obviously you're a good teacher because you're trying to figure out how you can tell different things you know coaching people is the same similar to trying to figure out how to show it to a horse or, oh, you know yeah. like how you present it because we all learn differently some people don't like to hear instructions or they have to have visual. Other sure. people like that. So. Yeah, oh, and, and there's a lot of, I mean, there's a, a pride thing that you have to you have to not talk down to them. Ab- Amen. I mean, Absolutely. They won't stay around in the business. I mean, our, I don't know how many people I've seen come and go in the horse business, and they can go buy a boat mm-hmm. and have a lot of fun, and nobody's yelling at them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> same amount of money i mean Absolutely. if you really think about it but uh if they're having fun and they're winning or getting ready to win i mean i've got a a little boy that's i think he went, made it up to 61 pounds now he's a little bitty munchkin and we found him a really good mare and he's just like on the edge of kicking everybody's butt he doesn't even know it i mean he is just like oblivious How to old that is he? Well, he's 13, but he's little. He, I just, we just dropped his stirrups two holes, and it's been the same stirrup for like three years. Um, he was born like one pound and an mm-hmm. ounce or something, mm-hmm. and um, very much a premature baby. And he just, his daddy's 6'4", weighs three bills, you know, and he's a big guy. And, and uh, but this boy, I think he's going to, probably shoot up sometime but he's just on that edge of figuring out how to use his feet because mm-hmm. that hand thing it always gets in their way <laughs> yes it does you pull here and that cow goes that way and it stops the whole motion yeah you know uh-huh. so he's getting close today he hot quit a cow and marked a 68 he was like right wow. there right there right there yeah, he was right like, there. That would have been a 71. Oh, oh, oh dude. <laughs> Why'd you do that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway. How do you help your non-pros when they don't do well and they feel so disappointed? Well, the, I mean, I try, I try to 
my dad was, uh, he wasn't hard on me, but he wasn't easy on me. I mean, he kind of said, well, go try it, you know, and well, you need to do this, 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 and this. And I tried to take a little bit of that coaching and a little bit of the pat your butt coaching. And I say, what do you think you run? And then they can tell me, they get more educated if they have to think about what they did. And they usually start with the worst things. Absolutely. It's weird. I mean, they don't start with, did you see that stop? They usually say, well, you know, that first circle, I drug a lead. Mm -hmm. They always start with the worst and then go to the Mm -hmm. best. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how I start the conversation. I said, well, you could have done this, and then that would have prevented that, you know. Then it's all good. That's really very um, wise because you're focusing on helping them in their writing and understanding the different elements instead of it just being about the result. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's tough. Everybody wants 75. I mean, yeah. uh-huh. I don't know. I I'd, I'd love 75s. That's uh-huh. the coolest number in the world. That'll win a lot of money, mm-hmm. even if you're fifth <laughs> at a major event. Uh-huh. 75 is a lot. Uh-huh. But I've got a, a youth girl now that has had a lot of success. She started riding with us um, at the high school rodeo, right before the high school rodeo finals, the national finals last year. She ended up third there. We kind of had some tweaking to do, you know, her horse has been shown a bunch and pretty hard and um, come to the world show here in February and she won two world titles wow. and three saddles. Wow. And like smoked them uh-huh. and in the non-pro, not in the youth. Mm-hmm. And we bought her a, a three-year-old after the fraternity last year to be a derby horse. And it's uh, there's a big learning curve with a young horse to an old from an old horse, and mm-hmm. in in any event, um, mm-hmm. not not just the cow horse, um, in the Western Pleasure. I mean, it's just different. Uh, ever young horses are finely tuned machines that have no forgiveness. You know what I mean? They're trained. They're like, <laughs> okay, what did they say? I need to like, I'm going to do my best to do it and we support them so if we do the wrong thing they're trying to figure that out exactly and where the old war horse is you know forget about it you don't know what you're doing you're pulling my right your right rein but i'm turning left Uh Uh and um it's 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 a learning curve that's a humongous curve it's like the the mcdonald's arches because once you think you got it it goes back up again um so she's figuring that out slowly and mm-hmm. she ended up being third on her four-year-old at the youth world the other day or oh, fourth wow. or something fourth maybe and her old horse was like uh 10th mm-hmm. and you know now that's her favorite horse obviously and blah 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 but mm-hmm. <laughs> well i just want to commend you on a couple of things number one is that when you said you know i i never talk down to anyone well first of all all amateurs and non-pros come to ride a horse except my son except my son (laughs) he's 18. okay well that might be a little natural talent or a son father thing but um people come to ride because they want to have fun and they want to have a relationship with their horse they want to be part of a community And so we don't need to shame them, no, you know, and, and because they're trying hard enough anyway. Oh, exactly. And then the way that you talk to them after their run, that's like perfect. So that's probably, those are a couple of reasons. I'm not saying that I'm an angel. I will tell them, Hey, where was your head? Uh Because I know what was your hat and it wasn't right where it was supposed to be. I Uh mean, come on. Uh I expect, um, certain things if they've been riding there very long i'm like i expect them to put their splint boots on correctly i expect them to saddle their horse correctly um granted i will have my help saddle their horse for them if 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 they're 
uh, older, you know, and their saddles are heavy or something, their horse is 16 hands, you know, that kind of thing. But most of those people don't want you to saddle their horse for them. Mm-hmm. It's the kids. And I refuse. Mm-hmm. Good for you. I refuse. I don't know trophy for participating. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. 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 <laughs> it's first or nothing. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that's how it is. You're the second loser if you're second. Third. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And it's just or the first loser if you're second, sorry, second loser if you're third. I mean, and that's just, and I make those comments, and it kind of ingrains into them, I think. And Well, it causes them to have a high standard to strive for. Sure. Oh, they're riding nice horses. They're riding first-place horses. Uh-huh. I mean, if we don't have a first-place horse, then we discuss that, uh-huh. uh, and, and we go from there. If they can afford to step up, great. If not, we'll try to make this as best we can, and mm-hmm. we know what it's capable of, and mm-hmm. this is what this is our line. Uh-huh. You're going to get lucky here. You're not going to get lucky here. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. that's how we go. Uh-huh. So um, you were reserve in world's greatest horseman. Yes. And that I was. was last year. Yeah. I sucked in the cutting. Oh, man. <laughs> that's your favorite event, I Jay. That big, ugly miss. <laughs> and I bought what that cow was selling, and so did he. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we need one of the people, or one, the horse or the rider to get it, right? Yeah, we started out at 10th place. Oh, you mean, we, oh, wow. Yeah, it was, it was hard on me. Uh-huh. I, whew. Wait, you, the herd work was your first event, yep. and you mm-hmm. ended up 10th yep. in the final. Out of 10, out of 10. Wow, you rose, so, how did you bring your game up mentally well, to, for the other events? You know, I, it's never ever over in the rain cow horse i i don't care if you're you suck in three events and you have one left it's never over because somebody else might suck um those guys don't usually suck (laughs) or they wouldn't be (laughs) there or they wouldn't be in the finals exactly and most of the time the prelims is i mean the prelims this year was i think a record breaking wouldn't it been it was a record breaking year to make the finals like 17 and a half across the board wasn't it Wow, that's yeah, a high a that's, high bar. That's huge. So, for people who don't know, who are listening who don't know the full or the events mm-hmm. of the world's greatest horsemen, share what those yeah, are. Yeah, we do the herd work, which yeah, is the cutting, cutting two and a half minutes, mm-hmm. same basic rules. We can handle our horses a little bit, but mm-hmm. it's better not to. Mm-hmm. And then we do the reined work, mm-hmm. the reining, mm-hmm. and then we do the steer stopping. And that you have a, a legit box, and you have a string which is across. like roping, yep, but you like don't roping. you don't hop off in time. Yep, you mm-hmm. just you you rope it and you stop it, and the horse is judged on the on how you stand how he stands in the box. So he needs to be flat footed, he needs to leave flat, he needs to run and rate the cow, and then he needs to take the jerk. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we go down the fence, and it it always comes down to the fence work. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. You must have really excelled in those we, other we, three. We were very fortunate. I had a little horses, shiny outlaws, a horse I showed, and he's got. He's, he's an awesome horse. Well, he's 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 fourteen hands on six weeks of feet, so he's not a big horse, uh-huh. but he's got a heart bigger than the room we're in. I'll promise you, uh-huh. and you could probably pull three shoes off of him run him across the gravel and he would not limp on any foot wow he's just tough tough physically tough horse uh-huh. and he came to the calling i mean part of a champion yep he was big the 227 in the steer stopping sure helped yes i'm not gonna lie uh-huh. <laughs> the uh he was a 20 i think he was a 22 or 20 and a half in the raining uh-huh. And then down the fence, we were 22 uh-huh. something down the fence. But I, Sh- uh, Shane was just, Shane Steffen's mare was bionic that night, and she had no boo-boos, mm-hmm. you know, and you can't have any boo-boos. Mm-hmm. So. So do you practice roping? Oh, yeah. I mean, do, do you like I rope to rope? Off everything. I, I rope off everything. And why is that? Oh, my son likes to rope, and so uh-huh. it's kind of our golf you know oh how fun yeah if he'll load the steers i'll rope and it gets <laughs> there you go that's a good agreement and so you you give your horse another job too, oh right? definitely i mean i've got 
several pictures of shiny outlaw with a calf tied down in the pasture that we just roped and I'm doctoring it kind of situation. Uh-huh. I mean, we do it. We do it on them. Yeah. I do it on all of them. Yeah. That's my three year olds drag calves. I mean, we, we do it all. Uh huh. Huh. Um, and so tell us about your son. How, how old is he? And oh, gosh, there's a lot to tell about that boy. I've got two boys. Um, uh-huh. my oldest is 20. He's in, he's going to West Texas to be a nurse anesthetist. He wasn't super horsey. He doesn't know why we ride around in the arena and do circles. Uh-huh. He doesn't understand that. But when it's time to brand or something, he's on a horse and rolling. He could ride really well. He just chooses not to show. Uh-huh. I thought the girls at the horse show might talk him into it kind of situation, but it didn't work. Uh-huh. So we just, he does his plays basketball and mm-hmm. does that. Mm-hmm. Now, Cutter has been horse bugged and i mean he was before he was born i think i really do he's he's got all about jeans boots spurs and horses so you're blessed for that right because you get to share that with him oh yeah he's a i think he's a 14 or 15 time world champion wow Mm -hmm. yeah he's 15 i'm a 15 he he told me he tied me yeah and I said, well, when you get yours in the open, then we'll tie. <laughs> <laughs> there, there you go. I had to kind of knock him down a notch. <laughs> had to say something. Exactly. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. It's, yeah, he's a really good hand. He won the Youth World's Greatest this year. Um, and and why, they, why are they, or is, it, is it the same events in that? Well, so in that, they have the, uh, they have the youth bridal, too. So the range work, fence work. And so the the first rainwork fence work score goes on it and then they are they wait a, a about four or five days isn't it i think and then they rope during our steer stopping mm-hmm. and then they we'll have a finals for the youth bridal so if they enter both they have to do the finals again that horse of his did the prelims rainwork fence work and then did the steer stopping and then did the Rainwork fence work for the finals. And then they come back and do the herd work our finals night. Wow. And then come back and do the fence work finals, the top uh, six, isn't it, Ben? I think it's the top six come back and battle it out for the. Uh-huh. So they do a lot of events that week uh-huh. on the wow. horse. Wow. Mm-hmm. First of all, it must be. An awesome horse. Oh, he uh, and sturdy. CD DVD. Yeah, that's he's a he's a sixteen years old. I won. Uh, he's I don't know. I think I won a hundred and something on him as a four year old, uh-huh. and then we sold him, and he went to two or three horse trainers that did well on him, and then I bought him back mm-hmm. from Herschel and Shannon Reed. Um, didn't exactly pass the vet. Didn't tell my wife that. And uh, we got him kind of healed up, and that boy has been winning everything on him. And how since. old is he? And the it, horse is 16, and Cutter's 18. Cutter. Mm-hmm. How, I just think that's the most wonderful thing that you can share that with him. You must be so he's, proud of him. Uh, he's a pretty good little hand. I'm uh-huh. not going to lie. He likes to, uh, we usually have three or four babies we raise every year, and he'll start them, you know, and mm-hmm. he he likes it. He wants to be a horse trainer really bad. I was I'm just going to ask really you that. Really want not to. <laughs> Are you encouraging that? No, I'm not. Uh-huh. He's going to college, uh-huh. period, his mom said. Uh-huh. And uh, I just, you know, he could get a day job and be a really great non-pro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has to get a high-paying day job. Yeah, but boy... Horse training is hard, but it is rewarding. But it's you know how hard it is. I mean, starting out and yeah, I mean, the trucks and trailers that I had that probably wouldn't pass inspection today. Uh huh. <laughs> uh huh. Huh. Well, that's great, and and he helps you around the barn. He's right? homeschooled. He's, a, he's yep. a big yep. part of the team. Oh yeah, he's homeschooled, and so in the winter, in the when it's cold in the mornings, he homeschools in the morning and comes out in the afternoon and then this you know when school starts 
here he's going to do that in the afternoon when mm-hmm. it's hot and he'll ride in the mornings mm-hmm. so who are some of the people in along the way who have influenced you a lot oh gosh there's so many uh i think probably bob avila was i wanted to be like bob so bad mm-hmm. i really i i just idolized him i still do i i really like the he he's forgotten more than i'll ever know um i mean he won on major bonanzas i don't know if i could ever say i could do that <laughs> <laughs> yes um Benny Gatron, oh gosh, you know, Steve Metcalf had a lot to do with, you know, my, probably right after my kids were born, I hung out with him a lot. He helped me a lot and did, you know, some neat stuff. Taught me a lot about, you know, everything, really. <laughs> um, Todd Bergen's a really good friend of mine. Corey Cushing, you know, you learn from all of them. I, we all, Chris Dawson, I mean, we, we all kind of feed off each other Mm -hmm. you know did you have um one or two people who really encouraged you oh my wife was probably the number one i mean Mm. i don't know how many wives would say go to that horse show in texas and come home a day and then go to that one Uh uh uh-huh well that might not have liked me i don't know (laughs) i she's still there I hope. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm out of here, I'll check. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I think that that's so important, those people along, yeah. the, along the way. My mom was a real, she was a, <clears throat> she passed away on December 24th this last Just this year. Just this past year. Mm-hmm. And she was a uh, PE coach, um, basketball coach took a lot of girls to state. I mean, Mm -hmm. she was very athletic and played college ball Mm -hmm. and everything. And she, she had a way of teaching too. I I think I got a lot of that from her. Mm -hmm. Um, It was, uh, she, she had a, I don't know, she could make you feel like you're about two inches tall by just a glance or she could make you feel like you're 10 foot tall with a glance mm-hmm. you know it was mm-hmm. she was pretty good at that mm-hmm. haven't got that down yet uh-huh. getting close uh-huh. well i'm sure you really miss her so oh yeah um, yeah yeah coronavirus oh man yeah so mm. anyway we're trying to get through all that stuff and she had a western store she'd quit teaching when i was a first grade i think mm-hmm. and uh opened a western store and had a lot of show clothes and uh-huh. things like that in there and so we got to go through all that stuff here before long yeah been look good in one of them jackets i think with the sequins and the fringe yeah. yeah it would look really good sparkly <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh do you judge i am an nrcha judge i don't judge uh very much just because of our schedule mm-hmm. but i am an nrcha judge and I enjoy it. It's fun. I try to, you know, we've had a, I don't think I've been home. Shoot. Whenever Scottsdale was, was I was home for a little stint there before that. But Scottsdale, and then we went to Wyoming to a show, and they're all 10 hours away, it seems like. And then we, we got home from that for like a day, and then we went to Tennessee. And then I got home for, I think my wife said 11 hours before we left to go to the high school finals. I did the mm. youth clinic up there and then helped a couple kids up there for a week and then came home for a few days and went to the youth world. Mm-hmm. And now we're here. And now I'm going yeah. to Vegas next week. Wow. And then I can stay home for a little bit. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. Are you taking your three-year-olds with you? Not to Vegas. No, uh, they've been everywhere else with me. Mm-hmm. And after this week, I'm sure they're going to be exhausted. They're not quite used to this humidity, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's humid in <laughs> yeah. Texas now. Yeah, but over there where I live, it's a lot less. Uh-huh. Like, is there anything, do you enjoy, uh, for lack of a better word, studying the mental side of the game? Or or is it just more of what you do kind of naturally over time? Well, there's my wife would tell you I'm very mental. But I don't, I don't know if that would be a good thing or not. I, I, when I go to 
get ready for a major event, I, I go through everything in my head for a couple of weeks before I go. I, I really, I mean, I'm always thinking about that end goal mm-hmm. and how I'm going to work this horse and peak him to here. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we're always, I, I do that with my non-pros and they don't even know it. But we're like, I'm like, hey, you're done for the day. And they're like, what? And I say, yeah, well, you just lope some circles. You're good. Uh-huh. You know, and they can't figure it out. And then eventually they start to figure out what we're building up for uh-huh. this show, you know. Uh-huh. And, and I tell the youth kids, uh, before the youth world, I mean, I had, uh, we had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven kids there. Wow. Jay. Um, yeah. And, and. if they can take my heat at home that that's easy up there you know because i'll i'll get violently loud i really do because they have to hear me for one running down the fence is hard to hear when the Mm -hmm. wind's blowing in here but two they need to know what they're doing when they're doing it why they're doing it and if they can take all that heat which they usually do no problem Mm -hmm. uh, very few tears Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, they go up there and I, it's all laid off and we're building up again. And all of a sudden they're very confident. And usually by about the day before we go, they're, they're pretty much ready to win first. Mm-hmm. Well, they know that you're helping them. They're no, they know that oh, you're yeah. not demeaning them. So oh, yeah. they're like, Oh yeah. I mean, they've got a, I, I want them to, it's, it's a, probably the most important part of going down the fence is watching your cow. Mm-hmm. If your head turns, and I, I tell them all the time, you know, God made your head turn so you can watch a cow. I mean, that's <laughs> that's the only reason. Well, I agree. And if their head will follow that cow around, that horse will come through in about face, like a snap of the fingers. Mm-hmm. Um, if, they, if they watch their cow and then look down at their horse, the horse usually will stop. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've ever notice mm-hmm. that even when you're cutting if you're looking down at your horse and you're training on it your horse will hesitate mm-hmm. when you're looking down at him mm-hmm. i don't know how they feel that but well, they do well there are a couple things about that that's very interesting i think one is that when we turn our head it impacts our seat oh of course you know Every so time. It, and we don't even have to shift our weight or anything no. but our horse feels feels mm-hmm. that side that opposite side of our body you know so they're there is that, but also in no um, no positive emotion is connected to eyes down. Exactly. So when our eyes go down, our energy changes, and when our energy changes, our body changes. It's all connected. So a horse feels that you know, every like, time, and every it's time. amazing that that big animal can be running that fast and just stop everything. Uh-huh. Because you looked at them. Uh-huh. I know. I know. <laughs> and it's like, who should have watched that cow. <laughs> yeah, and it's a big part of showing, too, to have that eyes up, chin up, shoulders back. It's a sell you it. Teach? you got to sell your product. Yeah, so how do you teach showing to well, your non-pros? I, you know what I really tell everybody? Is I don't want to see you. If you make me look up at you, I can't judge your horse. Uh-huh. If you're moving around, if you're doing a flop, or if your elbow's coming up in the air, or you're getting off balance, I, I look up at you, my eyes are drawn up, I can't mark your horse. Uh-huh. I, and, it's, and it's every time. It's... Um, oh, that's interesting. There's so, some horse trainers out there that are very bad riders that I hate judging because I know how great a hand they are, and they win a lot, but I can't quit looking up at them. Uh-huh. So explain that again. So this is from a judging perspective, because I think this is really good. So let's just go for the range work. Mm-hmm. When you walk in the gate and you lope off, you don't want to do the old chest pump to make your horse go forward to mm-hmm. lope off. I just want to sit there and I want to press and I want to lope off. A Kelby Phillips is a really great example of that. You never look up at him when he's showing, he's no emotion. He's n- there's no movement. Mm-hmm. He doesn't change his face. He doesn't change. He's a, he is completely in the zone, mm-hmm. and that and I'm the same way. I don't want, I don't want to give up what happened 
that wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah, you, you know don't, what I mean. You don't want to show it on the outside. Exactly. And you're it's it's hard to explain it to uh, kids a lot, but the older non pros will go, oh, and it just changes the whole mood, you know, because that little exhale that they just did, I'm like, why would she do that? You know, something must have happened. <laughs> or they thought it did. Exactly. Uh-huh. And so you want to be, I, I want, I don't want them to see me cue that horse to change a lead. I, I'll take my leg off and press with the other leg and it will change. And now we're going to the right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And on the rundowns, I want to get behind them and I want to ride down there as hard as I can, but I don't want to be doing the old elbow wave and everything else. Mm-hmm. And when they stop, I don't, I want it to make, I want it to be as easy looking a stop as possible. So mm-hmm. if the horse is a rough stopper, I try to cushion everything and never f- come up out of that saddle. Mm-hmm. Uh, a stallion I showed named a shiner named Sue was he was a great horse he really was a great horse but he had he was so powerful to to the ground and he stopped a little narrow <clears throat> he would actually thump you three or four times and i i'm just i'm fighting this all summer long and i'm going this is not gonna work you know um, it's such a nice horse and here i'm gonna well, my horseshoer comes up, and he's he, he's passed away since he shod for uh, the lady I worked for there in Gainesville for ever. She shod he shod Shine and Spark since he was two, and um, he comes up and he says, "Have you stopped him yet?" And I said, "No, not yet." And I was getting ready to. <laughs> and it was kind One of talk myself uh, into yeah. it, you uh-huh. know. Every I'll try day. it again. And. I stopped him the first time, and I just, I don't like to get after a horse when they really hit that ground hard. I just, but you don't, if you don't do it right, you got to kind of do something. So I just pick him up and I trot him forward, make his front end break loose a little more or something. And I did that three or four times. And he says, come here. He said, those look great. I said, what? I, you're crazy. That is the worst. Oh, it's terrible, terrible stops. He said, no, they look great. I said, no. So I got my wife to come up and video it. Oh, Bane, they, they looked really good. Was he still pounding? Well, I felt it, but I was, I, I guess I was cushioning and pushing hard enough on my stirrups that I wasn't, I was getting pounded, but it wasn't telling. Oh, I see. Okay. Uh-huh. And so I kind of, this is about July, and the prefaturity is right around the corner in August here. And I'm, I'd, he could do every event, cutting, raining, down the fence, except for that stop. And I just couldn't get past it. And she videoed it, and I'm like, wow, it looks really good. And it feels like crap. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I ended up winning... The pre-faturity on him. I won the first go-around of the rain cow horse faturity on him. I won the range work on him, I think, at the rain cow horse wow. faturity on him. And I ended up, I think I drew kind of a crappy cow in the finals. I ended up like eighth or ninth on him in the finals. And then we go home, and uh, I give him a couple of weeks off, and my boss calls me one morning early in the morning and it's still hot in texas in, in september you know and so we're still getting up early and says had a dream you made the open fraternity finals so i entered him and i'm like well i've not had him in a bridle so i go to work getting him in a bridle and i make the open reigning fraternity finals on him oh wow yeah and then, then i overspun in the finals oh <laughs> <laughs> i hate when that happens <laughs> yeah that sucked yeah Five point penalty, no zero. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I just want to tell you that what you are saying about that stillness in your upper body and not showing any emotion and quietness is actually one of the things that they teach Olympic and professional athletes. Is that right? To be, you know, quiet and be because our body really come what we do with our body 
connects to our emotions. Sure. And so the more still, the more um, even choreographed our eyes and to show no, never to show any negative emotion on the outside because when you do, you feel it on the inside. Oh, it, it either turns time. into anxiety or distraction or um, nerves or like just a deflation of energy that you need to complete. And it always feels worse, of course, when you're showing. Oh, of course. Then. But anyway, that is really an awesome thing that you're doing and teaching that to your non-pros is really good because, see, many people don't really know that. Well, they don't. Are in that clarity of and that way. Do you, ju- do you judge any? No, I judge some, like I've judged some Mustang things and well, Road so, to the Horse. So it's the same thing. When <laughs> They'll tell you when they screwed up. Yeah. And it's like, dude, it didn't look that bad, but you just told me, so I'm minusing that. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, if they don't show any negative emotion, they might. You might go. Did they really do that? <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. And I'm. It's. Uh, and I use Kelby as a uh, an example because if you watch him, it he sells a hundred percent regardless of how the run was, mm-hmm. and it could be a two sixteen or it could be a two twenty seven, mm-hmm. and he sells it like it's a 227 if it's a 16 mm-hmm. and that's how i and i i mean he's obviously a lot younger than i am but that's how i've always thought of it as because i think it's from growing up in the sale barn uh, basically i mean you want them to think that's the best horse at the sale mm-hmm. i don't know i i just i i'd ride them through for a buck it uh-huh. didn't matter to me i uh-huh. mean you, if it's got hair on it and four legs i'm on it you know uh-huh. don't matter if it's a mule or what i'll uh-huh. ride it in uh-huh. and you just try to, yeah, I think that's where I, I started that. I really do. When mm-hmm. I was a kid. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, it's, it's good stuff. It's, it's called acting skills. And yeah. You act on the outside the way you want to feel on the inside. Yeah. And yeah. you've got to sell your product. You've always, you can't, I hate, I hate it when somebody comes down the pen and runs that horse down there and he drags his butt and just kind of comes out of it and they go and they shake their head. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just drives me. I just, mm, if anybody does that in my barn, I make them run a lap around the arena on foot. That's <laughs> so disgusting to me. It's, it's disgusting. Yeah, to show any negative don't, emotion. Don't, you got you to gotta sell it like you just, I don't care if it didn't go good. Sell it to me. Mm-hmm. Which actually, that's really the best time to practice. Oh, yeah. That composure is when things don't feel good or, you know, even <laughs> a major... Yes, it's the hardest, <laughs> but also you can use it as a time to have that composure. Oh, yeah. It's, and so. I just, it's, it's fun to kind of get into the mental side of it um, because the cutting, I was, I was not, I was not very comfortable with the cutting for a long time and I just wasn't around it very much, you know, and an older guy told me, he said, you know, you're making that awful hard. <laughs> and I said, "Yeah, thank. <laughs> I mean, thank you. I'm glad somebody else noticed. <laughs> I don't know." And he said, "You know, a dumb old cowboy thought of that." And I got to thinking, "Well, I tell everybody that now too. Like, you know, a dumb cowboy decided one day that he's going to cut that cow out, and then he decided he's going to do it on loose rein, uh-huh. and then he's going to decide he's going to do it on no bridle on. Uh-huh. You know, and they're showing up in front of each other, and all of a sudden, it's a it's a event." Uh-huh. Well, and the raining's the same way. Uh-huh. Well, and the cow horse for sure is the same way. Uh-huh. I mean, how do you, why do you think they run out there and circle that cow? Because they uh-huh. lost their rope. <laughs> <laughs> they lost their riata. They had funny. to turn the cow, and then they had to go circle it to get the rope off. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's good. I mean, it's it's but we, it has grown so much now. To I mean. You know, when I was when I was young, the horses didn't look like they do now in the cutting or the reining or the cow horse Absolutely. at all. Mm-hmm. And just in the last probably eight years, the rain cow horse has changed so much. I mean, the first year I made the finals at the Snaffle Bit Futurity was the first time I ever went. Mm-hmm. I was already out of the limited open. I'd done these little punk and rollings around, and it was... 
5,000 bucks or something and you're out of limited open. So you're in the intermediate. Okay. Well, I go and first heard work. I was a two Oh six and a half. I bought this mare from Robert Chown. I traded for, and, uh, she was by sailing smart, a chick stud and, uh, out of a, I can't even remember her mother. SS Rosa was her name and he'd raised her and I go into the rain work and I'm like a 19 and then I go down the fence and I'm I think I was a 22 and I'm the last hole in the finals with a 206 and a half <laughs> nobody can do that now no I don't way care. no way no way yeah, it used to be in the cutting futurity a 209 might make the semis. Yeah, not anymore. No, no way. You better have a 15 or yep. so. Well, or this, 16 this or year 17. Was pretty good watching. I mean, my my son keeps me up on it because he's, yeah. he's the numbers guy. Yeah. And he's like, oh, it's taking this and that and that and this. And I'm like, really? So uh-huh. we watched a little bit of it and at night. And it's like, golly. There's a lot of great horses and a lot of really good trainers and i so. think too and you might correct me if i'm wrong but the cattle are so much tougher now mm. they don't handle them the same they yeah. bred them different mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's yeah uh, it's so just, the degree of difficulty yeah. if you can get the run put together is high sure it is so it, that's if, point if earning. you can get the run put together but, yes and mm-hmm. one hickey you're not in the in the semis you yes. know i mean that's just how it is yes absolutely and i don't know if it's the cattle are uh, every they they don't do they do a lot of four-wheelers anymore it seems like mm-hmm. on the ranches versus a horse mm-hmm. i don't know if the nchj is still doing this but for a while they wouldn't take cattle that had been you know rounded up with either that's with drones awesome. or yeah. four-wheelers that's and that awesome. sort of thing because i remember going to the stallion stakes many moons ago in arizona and I heard, I, I don't know, I, was, I always had a big ear when I was a younger to anybody that would, Bob Avalor, Teddy Robinson, any of those guys, and they called them helicopter cattle. And I kept thinking, what in the heck is a helicopter cattle? I don't know what helicopter cattle are. Well, they gathered them with helicopters. Uh-huh. Stupid. <laughs> I didn't know. Uh-huh. I'm from Missouri. Uh-huh. We don't, I don't even know if we have a helicopter in Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> haven't made it that far yet. Oh, interesting. <laughs> well, Jay, thank you so much for for being with us, and yeah. I really appreciate it. We really enjoyed it. Thank you. You're good. Well, I didn't know we were Midwestern neighbors, sort of. Yeah, yeah that good. transplanted to Texas. Yes, and it's cool that your family did a little business with my dad. Yeah, that's, that's really a small world, actually. Did you ever do... Um, any business with my brother? Well, I rode a horse behind him named Hygrolina, and I won a bunch on him. He was the own son of Doc Alina. Uh-huh. It was a really good horse. He just cut on him, but I did the ring cow horse on him. Uh-huh. Showed him at the first World's Greatest, actually. Oh, uh-huh. Yep. What was the horse's name? Hygrolina. Uh, Hygrolina. I'll yep. have to mention it. Yep. Yeah. I talked to him every, I, you know, if I go east, which I don't anymore, but I used to see him every once in a while, and I'd talk to him. Yeah, he's in Texas but, Oh, now. he is? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, wow. he's in Brunham. Yeah, I did not know that. Uh-huh. That's cool. Yeah. Yep. Okay, well, I'm wishing you all the best. How are you doing in the show here? We're showing three-year-olds. Uh-huh. I'm sitting really good on my two that I showed, so I'm uh-huh. pretty tickled with that. But, uh-huh. you know, there's still two more events, and yeah. they're virgins. Yeah. At least yeah. we get to show ours first before you all don't get to do that. I was, like, going over that today again. I already know, but can just go show them all the time yeah, yeah we don't get to show yeah. them you know the, there's a pros and cons to that um the best i ever did at the alphabet fraternity was on blindside i was reserve and i never showed him before i went there uh-huh you oh. know because we were we were busy doing stuff at the ranch uh-huh. we had a big sale and stuff and we just never did it uh-huh. and uh but i think that people can overshow them yeah a lot and that something about that crisp first time you know who mm-hmm. the show horses are mm-hmm. you know and some of them you know a lot a lot of times in the rain cow horse the best one doesn't win mm-hmm. the toughest one wins mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh i've seen some great ones go down mm-hmm. and uh they were still great horses yeah you know dvd yeah. he didn't make the finals at snap bit and he's the 
number three all-time leading cow horse now. My son's wow. horse. Wow. So. That's something. That's Congratulations. Cool. Well, That's really you. cool. Thank really you. Really cool. All righty. Well, all the best to oh, you, you and to your family and to your non-pros. You keep that up because, we'll you know, our industry needs that. Oh, it's definitely. It's so important. Non-pros are really, and youth, non-pro and youth are, if we don't have the youth, though, we don't have any future. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, well, I think Ben's going to take care of that. Oh, so. yeah. We'll get it on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, Jay, we'll take care. And thanks Thank you. again. Okay. Appreciate it. I got together with Jay for this original interview in the summer. In October, he was a finalist in the National Rain Cow Horse Association, Snapple Bit Futurity. So congratulations, Jay. And to all of you, have fun, keep believing, and hug your horse. Until next time, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to The Barbara Schulte Show. If you have enjoyed this episode, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram to stay tuned for future episodes.